This is Valley Edition. I'm Kathleen Schock. Photojournalist Ryan Christopher Jones spent five years documenting one Fresno family's transition from poverty into the middle class. His images were recently published in The Atlantic. I spoke to Jones about how the project evolved from its initial concept of exploring the growing tech scene in Fresno into an examination of social mobility. So in 2016, in September 2016, I met Vincent Fernandez. Uh, he was an apprentice at a coding company working at the Bitwise uh, Industries building in downtown Fresno. And uh, I said that I wanted to work on this kind of tech in Fresno story. And so he introduced me to his wife and we had a conversation about what I wanted the, with the story to be at that time, very early in, in the story. And they gave me access to their family. And so I followed them for, well, I have been following them for five years, but over time I have ended up turning this into a story uh, about what does it look like to emerge out of poverty and into the middle class? Poverty is very easy to photograph. It's very easy to visualize. And, and many journalists have unfortunately preyed on, on the poor uh, because they're vulnerable. And it's, it, it's a very easy way to other you know, people in the working class. Uh, and in the same respect, it's very easy to visualize luxury because it's, it's opulent and can be over the top. Um, but it's really, really hard to visualize the middle class, especially the journey towards it. Um, so, yeah, for the last five years, I've been following the Fernandez family as they have used tech um, to work their way out of poverty and, and into the American middle class, kind of complete with successes and struggles and, and everything in between. I'd love to hear you speak more about the way in which poverty and class have been visualized um, in, in media and, and your process for, or your approach, I guess, for um, how you went about telling this story. I mean, there's a lot of writing, obviously, about class in America, but I'm wondering how, what you think about photography as a medium to document this journey. This is something that I have I have been pretty vocal about through most of my career. Uh, in 2018, I wrote a uh, op-ed for the New York Times called "How Photography Exploits the Vulnerable," uh, and it was about how a lot of visual coverage of the overdose crisis, the opioid crisis, really just preyed on people who are suffering and. Uh, it's easy to go to people who have so little to lose. And I feel that journalism has, and especially visual journalism has not done a very good job um, at retaining the humanity of the people that they are photographing while they struggle. So it's something that I have put my name on over the last few years. It's something that I have fought for. Uh, I've spoken about pretty, pretty vocally. And so all of my work, uh, tends to deal with intimacy in, in some respect. And it's really important for me to be, uh, to retain the humanity of the people that I'm photographing. I know it sounds silly to put it in such kind of easy and reductive terms, but it hasn't been done for a long time. Right. I mean, of course, there have been photographers and, you know, documentary artists um, who have done it, but the, the visual language of poverty, I think is is very has been very clearly defined 
Um, by the way, that, that news photographers and documentary photographers have visualized poverty for, for generations. And so my goal in, in recounting this story visually is to not create poverty porn, is to not kind of deal with the tropes that photography often uses when it visualizes poverty, just like kind of disheveled messes and um, squalor, um, you know, devastation in in a way that doesn't really retain people's humanity and their individuality. It kind of lumps everyone into this, this class of like othered poor people. So yeah, the, throughout the entire process, I was really uh, focused on, you know, staying with the Fernandez family, uh, not just because it was a, an interesting story, but because I actually care for these people and, um, you know, having conversations with them throughout the, the whole five years saying, hey, so let's talk about this. Like, it's weird to have a photographer follow you around for five years, you know, family birthday parties, vacations, family dinners, just kind of hanging out at home, waking up, going this place, going that place. It's a very strange relationship. But if I wanted to tell this story uh, as intimately and humanely as, as I, I wanted to, um, then it would require kind of active participation with the family. The journey that you document is, of course, ultimately a successful one uh, for the Fernandez family. But do you see it as a remarkable story? That's a great question. And I don't see it as a categorically successful one. Um, because, yes, they're in a, in, a, in a far better place economically than they were when I first met them, without a doubt. Um, they have a lot more leeway. They can do more things for their kids. Uh, they can buy more things. <clears throat> but is that the, you know, is, is that the metric to judge um, exclusively whether something is, is better or not? They still live in a, in a small, of the five of them live in a, in a small two-bedroom apartment in Fresno. You know, at one point, a family member was living with them, which meant that six people were living in a, in a small two-bedroom apartment. And this is all while, you know, Vincent was making exponentially more money. But because, you know, poverty is pervasive and it's not just a thing that happens, getting out of poverty, like emerging into the middle class, isn't something that just happens like a light switch. So while they are better off than they were five years ago, and, and I don't think anyone would argue that, they still want a house. They want a yard. Um, they want a, a proper garage for their for their cars. They want a place for their, you know, a place for their kids to play and have some room to, you know, to experience that kind of, of childhood. And they don't. They still don't have that. That's something that they're working towards because, like I said, it's uh, working your way out of poverty is more than just having a good job. It's just establishing credit. Um, you know, it's saving. It is having enough buffer so that you can uh, so that you can deal with unexpected expenses that come up along the way. And so while they are making more money for sure, um, they're still very much on the road. They're on they're still very much on the journey and on the path um, towards you know what they want. And and they're and they're still not quite there yet. Um, do I think it's exceptional or that they are an outlier? I don't know. I mean, this is part of the whole part of this is part of the whole, you know, my decision to, to to talk with them and to spend so much time with them is just to, you know, is to not paint a, a, a wide brush um, against a whole kind of class of, of people 
um, either working in a particular sector or otherwise. So you're originally from Fresno, uh, but you've been living in New York for quite some time. How did the process of, of documenting uh, this family change or, or confirm your understanding of the Central Valley? Oh, that's a great question. The Central Valley is home to me. Um, my family, my grandparents uh, were migrant farm workers from Mexico and they worked in the fields. And my, my, I grew up in a relatively middle-class stable house. Um, so I myself am a product of mobility and I've been able to, I'm 39 years old and I've been able to live a, a, a pretty, a, a nice, relatively privileged life. And so being able to document this story and spend so much time with the Fernandez family, it really reaffirms to me that the Central Valley is a place where things happen. It's a place where mobility happens. It's ingrained into the mythology of the West, of even the, the, the troubling, you know, the troubling mythology of the West, where you know, if you if you can work hard, then you can achieve anything. And and while I don't necessarily agree with that. I do think that there is a, a lot of opportunity, especially out in the Central Valley. In my experience, Fresno is still a punchline to a lot of people. It's not San Francisco. It's not LA. It's not the coast, but it's, but it's close to all those things. That is kind of the narrative that I grew up with. That was the selling point that I understood Fresno and the Central Valley to be, that it may not be a great place, but it's close to other great places. What I've been trying to do for the last 10 years of me living in New York, um, but working five, six times a year in, in Central California, is to try to change the narrative a little bit about what a middle of the state swing county suburban space looks and feels like. Um, it doesn't, you know, it is not LA and it's not San Francisco and it's never going to be that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad place. I mean, look at all the incredible success that has come out of the Central Valley. Uh, I'm just trying to add a little bit of nuance to how people think of my home. I've been talking with photojournalist Ryan Christopher Jones about climbing the economic ladder in Fresno, California, recently published by The Atlantic. Ryan, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me.